ladies, gentlemen, or what have you, I'm Orion Lavelle. And I'm Travis Mattingly. And we're in the same motherfucking room, y'all. Get get your dongers ready. We're gonna <laughs> dong it up real big. We're in the same room. I have a prop. It's been like two and a half hours of audio tests in order to get to this point, and it's probably still gonna sound weird, so I apologize in advance. If you hate it, feel free to unsubscribe, <laughs> uh, feel free to dox us, and murder me in my sleep. Really, if you hate it, just know it could have been worse. You could have been hearing both of us from two separate microphones. Mm-hmm. And that also sounded weird. But <laughs> lest this become 40 minutes of us recounting <laughs> the tragedy of our lives, uh, let's start off a very special time in the show. A big-ass three-month-long, uh, <laughs> thereabouts, yeah, approximately three months of demons. God, it's gonna be a lot of demons. Yeah, so get get ready. Get the oils and the the fromages. I believe that's cheese. Uh, <laughs> I think so, so get get your cheeses ready, and we'll talk about uh, demons, 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 demonology. Demons for three months. Demons. So get ready for three months of demons. And the way that the book structures demons it makes this show a little bit awkward. Puts us in a precarious position. Um, the way that the book structures demons is that it gives us like three or four or five pages of demon lore. Uh, yeah, uh, it uh, generalized demon lore, demon lord lore, then the lore of all the demons it will then cover. And then it gives you like uh, 15 pages of monster just stat blocks. Just stat blocks, just nonstop art and stat blocks. So the way this is going to go for the next three months is we're going to cram all the broad demon lore in right here. Uh, and then over the next 12 monsters, we're just going to go beat by beat and talk about them all individually, which means that this is going to be all lore and the next three months are going to be like no lore. <laughs> well, really, ideally, we still talk about the monsters lore from the, the one paragraph that we get. Yes, yes, the one paragraph of each monster, which is just absurd. But so, yes. So if you were tired of two sweaty, sad boys talking about <laughs> lore... And you were just like, get, come on, get to the numbers. Give me the, ooh, I want the averages. Ooh, I want the hit dice. Oh, yeah, give me that, the, the, the modifiers. Then have I got good news for you. That is what the next three months of this show is going to be. Is It does also mean that we will probably get to, like, potentially two to three monsters per episode. Potentially, but probably not for the next two or three episodes. That's Well, yeah, like, they front load it for sure, but. Yeah, so uh, get, put the, put the, the cup with the string, get the little tin can with the string, put it on your ear, uh, stick it up next to toothandnail.com.org where we live our lives because uh, we got some crazy stuff coming on down, like the show Come On Down. <laughs> I, ca I can't follow you there. I right? cannot stress enough. It's been like two and a half it's, hours of audio test. Ryan was like... Uh, he was one foot in the abyss. Yeah. Is that he, like... Yeah, I almost backflipped up into that piece. I th he started, like, hoedowning in the middle of the floor. I was afraid. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Tis, tis true. Tis true. So, uh, yeah. Without... Let's escape that. Let's escape that <laughs> and dive into a, a new abyss. A more, a more beautiful, fantastical <laughs> abyss. And not the <laughs> abyss of my psychological distress. It's upsetting that this abyss is more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Let's record the episode! So not only, not only are we 
a recording of the same room. We also took notes in a very magical way. So those of you who are interested in the sounds of pages flipping through a little notebook, get get ready for this. Ah, oh, dang, we took physical ass notes. So boom, there's that for you. <laughs> we got some physical ass notes, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk it out. We're gonna talk about the many points of demon lore. We're gonna talk that shit out. Yeah, most of what I have down is the general demon lore. I didn't take notes for the demon lords mm. because there's only a paragraph for each of them. Yeah, so, so we'll I just figured... beat by beat go through them. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, basically, Travis. Yes. The fuck's a demon? Uh, well. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, demons are just kind of pure chaos and evil spawned uh -huh. from a magical realm called the Abyss. Wow. The endless layers of the Abyss. Yeah. It's a place that's really dark, uh -huh. really cold, and it probably smells like your grandpa's ass. <laughs> which is a note I have written down. Grandpa ass? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, boy, again, and I know we mentioned this uh, with Cambians, I believe, the, the fact that there is a difference in ontology between a devil and a demon yeah. is really confusing, and I wish it wasn't in D&D. &D. The, the best way I could think to put it is that uh, demons are from the abyss. Demons are cold, dark, and chaotic, whereas devils are from the nine hells, which is hot, dark, and lawful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure about the temperature thing. The Historically, demons are resistant to cold and poison damage. Devils are resistant to fire damage. Huh. The abyss is cold, is apparently a thing. That's that's interesting and will be, you know, perhaps a law of exceptions when we talk about uh, Baylor's in a minute. Well, yeah. Because uh, yes. them is fire <laughs> demons. But whatever, fuck it. I'll take your word for it. Whatever. They've decided to... They've elected to separate devils and demons into two separate things, so... Anything goes, fuck it. Everything's asinine. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Everything is asinine in this world where we spend two and a half hours doing an audio test. <laughs> I'll drop it. Yes. I'll drop it. Uh, importantly, uh, as I called it before, the infinite layers of the abyss, it's something to note about demons is that they are from this place that is infinitely deep, infinitely dark, magically, yeah. uh, and apparently each layer could potentially contain a demon no one's ever seen before, which is something very interesting to me. Absolutely, and it should be interesting because that is the big split to my mind is that devils are lawful and demons are chaotic, so it would make sense. And we'll talk about this when we do our three-month season of devils <laughs> where, you know, everything in the hells are structured and there are nine of them and it's very Dante's Inferno where everything is this and this and this and this and this. So it would make sense that the abyss, the chaotic version of it, would be infinite and unknowable and anything could happen. Wow, so Whoa. random! Get Deadpool on the line. He's gonna talk about hamsters. Abyssal hamsters. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, demons. Yes, so demons. They are... Would you say it's fair to say that demons are by and large like the feral uh monstrous yeah disgusting putrid yeah they generally are not tactical in nature or at least that's how demons are often spun as uh kind of you know wild and will band together but it's more like a wolf pack than an army yeah it's like the the few exceptions to armies are like few and far between and they usually die so fast you can barely tell they're an army because they're just always at war in the abyss but yeah whatever yeah uh i i like the thing that always uh sticks in my mind is um 
the Baylor is the, the every note that I have about like ways to talk about demons. The Baylor is like clearly not related to in any way. Yep. So disregard <laughs> all of this shit for the neck. The first demon we talk about. Yeah, they're very usually they're like animalistic or rotting or literally made of fungus. Yeah. But the Baylor is just the Baylor is the, weird and different. he's like a devil. But Ta-da. You know what? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so how are demons made? Yes. So basically how it works is supposedly they just kind of form up in the abyss. And like the idea, it's almost as though the abyss itself, it's almost like the abyss itself is a character, wrote an IGN review circa 2008. Basically how it works is that um, the abyss almost has uh, intentions and motivations and will kind of just form fiends up out of it in its name. Um, But demons can also be alternatively kind of cursed into existence by gods you know yeah. if, we, if, you, if you piss off Pelor, Pelor will be like nope and then curse you down into a, a demon and then just throw you into the abyss yeah or if a mortal soul somehow ends up shunted into the abyss it can just be corrupted into a demon mm-hmm. but apparently that's generally rare yeah it's supposedly just the the abyss just kind of makes them mm. uh, and i do like one of the ways it's described as it can make unique demons and it makes strains of demons. Yeah. Like an infection. That's kind of cool. Um, this is a little bit tangential, but I, I always like it. Same same goes with tieflings, um, but I always like it whenever something hellish or fiendish, I suppose, in the D&D lingo uh, is described uh, in, like, genetic terms. Mm-hmm. So, like, tieflings are an example of this. There's my my other favorite RPG, Blades in the Dark. There's a race of person uh, that is specifically similarly to tieflings there. Uh, they've, like, consorted with demons and the demon strain has gone down their lineage uh, and they it progresses in all sorts of different ways. So, whatever. The, the big important thing is that that is something that I always find very interesting. Yeah, it's... I, does it say... Hold on. I What I have written in my notes, uh, it says that it creates these strains. Let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, it's sort of like later implied also that like these uniform strains of demons are sort of created to fill roles as though mm. in an army, like certain demons are made to be spies or yeah. other such things. And I do, you joked before, but I do genuinely like... It's st- the idea strikes me of the abyss, the abyss being itself being the, the like, ultimate demon lord. Yeah, like a sentient being so vast, unknowable, and infinite that it's essentially a great old one. The abyss itself is a great old one. Yeah, and that would be a pretty cool take on the abyss if you, you know, you could have a really cool moment where after, you know, three or four adventures in the abyss, you just zoom out the map and it's like a person shape. I think that would be a cool kind of. In the same vein as like pathologic kind of uh, expression of this pretty traditional D and D idea, yeah. but yeah. So how do demons uh, power up? Yeah. So <laughs> motherfucking, and this is kind of brilliant in its own way. Demons level up like player characters, but actually, like yeah, it's like if your fighter leveled up so much he became a paladin. Yeah, like, it, sort of, or just like a bigger fighter. He just he just grew another arm that was holding a sword already. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> literally, and I do, I actually do think that this is a pretty neat expression of like the the murder hobo mindset or whatever of just like let's kill all the things to get tougher. Basically, what happens is if a demon kills enough of other things it evolves like a pokemon into another kind of demon it's pretty cool and often you know the demon is bigger um and 
I don't know. I think that's pretty rad. It is. It's just rad. Yeah. Like, the book tries to be like, it doesn't happen very often because they die too fast. And yeah. Like, yeah, I get it, but... <laughs> I get the idea that a demon's life is very transient and ephemeral and they're constantly changing. It's just that only the toughest demons get to evolve into the best kind of demons and most yeah. of them just die as... <laughs> rocks or some shit it's not too often a mains makes it all the way to a baylor yeah absolutely absolutely alternatively the demon lords which are basically like the gods of the demons they're not expressly divine but they have power on par with the gods as the book tells us the demon lords they can just force up a change but they'll never do it as a reward they'll only do it when it fits them when they need it yeah (laughs) so like some and that's just that is a pretty cool subversion of how devils work, where devils spend their entire existences ranking up, going through the ranks, and eventually becoming big-ass pit fiends or monsters of some kind. The the chaotic version of this is Orcus will just plumb up, be like, hey, Baylor, boom, you're a fly now. I need you to be a fly now. Uh, so, like, sometimes a demon will get downgraded in order to be, like, a tiny little thing to be a spy, or something will just get upgraded because they need more heavy-hitting power. It's pretty cool it's short-sighted and chaotic and i think it's pretty appropriate and neat it does very importantly they will never upgrade something too much no because no. they're afraid they'll make their arrival for themselves yeah. which is i would love that to accidentally happen for sure that'd like, be quite good yeah like if <laughs> demogorgon or some shit just gets so angry that they they make another demon lord just accidentally make a supplanter of themselves mm-hmm. just like uh, and what an awesome reveal for a campaign where like there's this new demon lord that's wrecking shit go find out about him and you just figure out that demogorgon oops to demon lord into existence that would be quite good <laughs> oops what too many demon lords oh no oh shit so orion mm-hmm. what would you say demons want what would i say demons want uh to become more powerful become big 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 demon to become the big demon yeah and what's a way they could do that aside from just you know throwing themselves at each other uh does it have something to do with going to other planes yeah it could have something to do with going to other planes oh good demons just kind of innately it says have a craving to just leave the abyss Hmm. it's it literally they search for portals to leave the abyss it's just kind of a craving they have yeah and with some other things i read it as them literally looking to spread their corruption yeah their demonic corruption to other planes to gain power to continue wars endlessly in all the planes which is neat that it's just like as soon as the abyss creates something it's like it puts into its brain like yeah leave and go go, yeah go sow your bloody oats spread me (laughs) (laughs) pass me around Yeah, that is quite cool. I missed that uh, intricacy. I didn't realize that it was like a compulsion. I thought it was just like the abyss is so big and chaotic that eventually something will fall out into the material plane. And it's neat that it is like a drive, like they're penetration testing the planes. (laughs) That is quite cool. And And it makes sense that this thing doesn't think its way into a disaster. It just like... Is constantly trying to wiggle its way out. It's and, always pushing. You know, the it's planes a... are gonna slip up sometime. <laughs> we'll find we'll find a little hole into the material plane sometime, and you better pass. Absolutely, it's quite <laughs> cool. I like it quite a bit. And and when they do fall out into the material plane, it usually turns into a big deal because everything <laughs> yeah. on the material plane and other planes are afraid of demons. Yeah, generally, generally things don't like demons. Yeah, it's something that. Uh, 
our friend Logan mentions sometimes. He, <laughs> I we have a friend who uh, at one point described demons as like the ultimate of the murder horde monsters, right? So you have orcs and gnolls and all of these things that are uh, like the the big fear reaver firefly esque kind of thing. Yeah. And demons were at one point described to us as the ultimate of that. And you do get that sense a little bit of just this raving, roving horde that sometimes slips into another dimension and it turns into a big, scary time. Yeah, it literally, like, they they literally sow corruption into the land. Yeah. So they leave behind, like, endless shadow, just like a part of the land that is always in shadow and it's just there. Yeah. Which leads to, like stories being passed down for generations of like don't fuck with demons just see the dark thing over there mm -hmm. it's been there for six thousand years our tree is very sick because <laughs> of a demon came here we have one tree that has an eyeball on it and it won't go we can't it chop it staring at me i've tried to chop it down and everyone who brings an axe towards it dies it's a bad scene kid <laughs> Fear demons, which is why you see generally competitive civilizations will band together under the threat of a demon tide of some kind. And this is basically your big Final Fantasy-esque, you know, rivals setting aside their differences to fight a bigger foe kind of scenario. It is, I, I would like to see, because uh, like all of the official adventures for demons are kind of like in the, the lower, lower mid level range. Like, Out of the Abyss, I think, is, like, a level 1 to... I didn't read Out of the Abyss. It's, like, level 1 to 10, I think, like, Curse of Strahd is. That makes sense. I'd like to see, like, the the higher-level demon adventure where demon hordes are actually spilling out into the world. Yeah. Because I feel like there isn't much official, official like, examples of the stuff they can do to the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mordenkainen's was a real treat to finally sit down and have all the demon lords and be like oh fuck orcus he's a big dude yeah like you finally like look at all the shit they can do and you're like man i want to know what happens when this thing when this guy steps onto earth yeah <laughs> like... yeah yeah that's quite cool the real answer is like godzilla movie so, <laughs> yeah so i guess you you're right Catacomb. i'll just watch godzilla yeah, and then we'll just, i pretty much got it just staple we'll just <laughs> photoshop a wand into godzilla's hand and that's how it do <laughs> So, so yes, as as Travis mentioned, uh, demons, they carry what I call a thick taint with them wherever they go, <laughs> corrupting the land, making trees sick, giving them eyeballs, causing animals to scarper or, you know, basically just salting the fields with demonic properties. When a demon is murdered, they dissolve when they're killed in a foreign plane, and then they end up reforming into the abyss. Kind of, I feel like devils do the same thing as well. The thing that strikes me about the demons is that all demons do. Mm. I think only particular devils do, and all demons do, and it's instant. Yeah. Which is kind of wild to me. Usually it's like, oh, after 1D whatever days, a a devil, a Rakshasa will reform. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas demons, it's all demons will reform instantly in the abyss. Huh. And that is kind of bananas yeah <laughs> that's literal just immortality I guess, yeah i guess that's why yes yeah, i guess that's why demon hordes are so feared because there is literally no stopping them if and there is a leak from the abyss into the place it's like we killed it and it's just back it just goes forever <laughs> it's just back yeah that's quite good yeah i like that I like that quite a bit yeah it's funny too because this isn't a new idea and there are plenty of fantasy worlds that have the the demon monster be endlessly respawning but i think this is one of the few of its kind where it is instantaneous basically like a one in one out kind of scenario yeah usually it's like all right we killed the we killed the archdemon it's dead for a day we've got a day to kind of mop some stuff up 
But this, it's like literally, all right, we killed the Baylor, and then it's and like, then it's, and then oh it, fuck, and then it's like the reaction image where the SpongeBob fish <laughs> enters the crusty, crusty crab, the crusty, good old crusty. <sighs> Two and a half hours audio test. <laughs> so yeah, so the idea is, in order to kill a demon, you gotta kill their spirit or their body in the abyss. I guess, like, uh, the, yeah, I guess they mm. don't. If they just if their body just instantly reforms in the abyss and you have to kill them there, are demons always just spirits? Boom. <laughs> I I mean I mean they definitely have like a physical form in the material plane. Yeah. Maybe it's like um god damn it, is it Kingdom Hearts is what I'm thinking of? No, I there's something like this where yeah, Bloodborne. Here, let me up my gamer right. cred a little bit. It's not like Kingdom Hearts, but it is like Bloodborne where the idea between uh, kind of a spiritual plane and a physical plane are interlocked. Right. Right, right where right. where you can go into the dreamlands or the, the the nightmare or whatever in Bloodborne and kill things and it will still have effects, right? Right. Uh, but yes, if you kill them in the abyss, they are dead forever, yeah. <laughs> which is good. Yeah, if you die in the abyss, you die in real life. <laughs> you die for real. Uh, boy, I sure do wish they gave us an explanation for the weapon and the magic resist that demons have. Because this is a common trait. It's very consistent. All demons have, well, most demons have magic resist and magical weapons of some kind. And I would really have liked, like, because of... All demons have an inherent resistance to magic. Yeah, I... This is a 5th edition thing to me. It feels like everything that's just even vaguely extra planar gets that. Yeah. 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 Which celestial stuff, generally. Just generally that. all celestials. I think a lot. A lot, if not all, of devils. Like, mm. all dragons. Yeah. Elementals, I think, for the most part. Am I, I, am I wrong about elementals? I can't remember. I can't remember if elementals do it, and I... I'm sure dragons do it to some capacity. Yeah, it, I guess the first time I noticed it, it was with angels and demons. Yeah, it's it, I don't I don't get it either. Okay. <laughs> it feels like a like less of a lore thing and more of a like a how do we make these things scarier? Yeah. Like, how do we make them stronger and scarier? Yeah, there there is you know that mechanical benefit to it. I would like to at some point read something maybe who knows where where it's like, because they're divine creatures, they are inherently resistant to the strange forces of the arcane or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, make it up. You're the DM. Do it up. Their bodies are rough and covered in abyss juice. <laughs> they're <laughs> lightly misted with abyss juice. <laughs> they take a fresh spritz every time. It's like a motherfucking action movie up in this piece. <laughs> Baywatch is shit. So, demons. Yes. And this is true of pretty much every celestial. Devils get something similar to this as well. Uh, at least I think of Fae crap as well do something like this, I think. Uh, this is the, the point where the celestial creature can bind itself to an object in, in some way. So a particularly tough demon can kind of wiggle or put a timer on their respawn in the abyss by creating an amulet that allows them to reform it in the abyss whenever and wherever they want. So it kind of works like almost like a lich's phylactery in its own way. It gives the demon an added measure of control over its existence and gives it increased power, but it can be used against it in the same way that a lich's phylactery can, where if somebody takes the amulet, they basically have carte blanche on the demon's entire fucking existence, where like 
you can basically just command the demon on pain of torture. You can make them feel incredible pain if they don't do what you say. Uh, moreover, if you destroy the amulet, the demon that created it is trapped in the abyss for a year and a day. One year and also one day. So this kind of turns into a cool Heroes Gambit thing, I'm imagining, for an adventure where, like, you know, we're level 19, let's go fight Orcus. Oh, wait, Orcus is still really tough. What we could do is steal his amulet or you know even at an earlier level oh boy this Baylor is a big tough motherfucker maybe we could steal his amulet and not have to fight the big tough motherfucker and instead have a measure of control over it we have a Baylor now exactly that is that <laughs> as well right and like truth be told i'm telling you this with the hopes that you'll forget it because at some point i'm definitely gonna make a heist for orcus's amulet because that fucking rules to that's my mind. fucking rad, yeah. Uh, but that's some good, that's some big adventure energy right there. And, and as always, I'm also down for a non-lethal kind of adventure. So if you don't feel like fighting the big monster, or if you want to creatively backflip your way through the demon fight that your DM planned, here's the way to do it. Yeah. Can Real quick, can you go to the book about the amulet? That's, that's what I thought. It can straight up just reform anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the abyss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's what it means by time and place. Yes. I assumed that it just meant... No, because you can. it can bind itself to any amulet, put it in the material plane, and if it gets destroyed, it can... Even in the abyss. It says if the ab demon's abyssal form is ever yes. destroyed. <laughs> yep. Oh, that just straight up gives them lich powers. Yeah, that's... I, I wrote in here, demon lords or greater demons can make what is essentially a demon phylactery, and literally... Yeah. And which also means... They get the abyssal immortality, <laughs> and also that means that they can instantly reform anywhere. At long last, we've <laughs> defeated the Baylor. Yeah. Stop. It's just, it's like in heaven now. Like, what? what? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, jeez. It does literally imply, too, that it doesn't need to be where the amulet is. Yeah. Which means just as long as an amulet exists, and it if it dies, it can go anywhere that's a big reveal right there too <laughs> like could you imagine if the party spends like 80 of it if they do a whole ass chroma conclave where they oh. spend like fucking 12 episodes trying to get the power tools <laughs> to save the day from the demon they walk up they stab it and it just pops right back up or like it disappears and then they you know, kill it and then they get back home and they realize and it's, it's gone fucking, it's, it's dead just, yeah it's wrecking their home home like. is dead <laughs> ah that would be quite a good that it, would be quite a good reveal I was like, this, I like read yours and I was like, did I misread? No, I, the, the real answer is that I took bad notes. <laughs> it's okay. I was, I'm just glad I was right because I, after reading this section about demons, I just, I had always assumed they were just devils. No. But they're just, they have, they're ridiculous. Yeah. They are the, literally like war machines. Yeah, they're it's just amazing. Like grinders, <laughs> but I like grinder. <laughs> swipe right on the demon so demon summoning is the thing yeah uh there's like like con congruent to that there are also cults about demons mm. uh and the balls they have to have to summon yeah. demons to like ask them to do things yeah. it's like they they are confused about what demons and devils are and yeah. they're like yeah orcus like we're gonna make a deal with orcus and it's like yeah you're gonna yeah do you know anything about demons? Cause... Yeah, 
The, yeah, they get real mad when you try to summon them and bind them to shit. Usually what happens is the demon get real mad about it, and then if the demon breaks free from the magical binding, you, they pretty much just splatter whatever summons it. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. It is... It's just like a death sentence, which is why yeah. it's hilarious to me that like you can just get that spell at such a low level to just summon, you, yeah. summon greater demon. It's like, what? Can you imagine pissing off something that exists forever? <laughs> you just piss off your summoned Barlgaroral, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And it's just like, the next time you summon it, it just like summons looking at you. Hey. Like, Huh. Sup. Or it just shows up one day, and then you just, just never get rid of it. It's just there. It's just there. Like, I didn't cast... Hey. Oh. Guess who found a way out? Champ. Oh, no. And then it eats you. One of my favorite bits about summoning de summoning demons and, like, the, the fucking the stupid cults that try to do it is that essentially the book says, cults who summon demons are making bad decisions, and if a demon does decide to grant them power... All it's doing is using them as a tool and asking them to do increasingly exponentially more de depraved and horrific, in my mind, like, Joker-esque, like, yeah. terrible supervillain-esque things. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> pushing the limits until they're finally like, let me out of this deal, this is the worst, and then they just kill them. Yeah. It's, I don't know, there's so it's so different to me from, like, devils yeah because like whenever you're making a deal with the devil it's like a written contract or whatever but yeah. for demons it's like yes i'll give you this power now go kill an entire orphanage yeah <laughs> yeah uh and since demons don't really have the foresight to get tricky with it i can't imagine i i guess that would be the reason why oh i guess pact of the fiend is just pact of the fiend so yeah i guess so, so it like, doesn't necessarily that. say yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be a devil it has hurled through hell though. Yeah, it's a little ambiguous. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they shouldn't have fucking yeah. Maybe they shouldn't have fucking. Maybe they just should not have DD. DD <laughs> is a mistake. Yeah, cancel DD. <laughs> speaking of summoning, speaking of magical binds, the book mentions that it drops a lot of references here, including the Book of Vile Darkness, uh, and it mentions that this is a good resource for the blossoming occultists. The idea is that you can create an object to bind a demon, but it turns into bad mojo real quick, and it turns that object into kind of like a focus point for the demon's taint, basically, <laughs> where like, by degrees, the longer you have it, the you'll have nightmares, and it'll be a cold and bitter touch to it, and it'll make you just feel really bad, uh, gives you bad breath and more. It's a real bad time. Don't summon a demon. Yeah, the main reason would be that it prevents demons from respawning in the abyss yeah it just captures their essence so that if you kill them they don't go to the abyss they just are tied to your yes yeah they're they're tied to your control if again the demon frees it you splatter the mage yeah absolutely i do like the idea of like a case of mistaken identity where like a warlock is like yeah this is absolutely i'm super gonna summon asmodeus right here <laughs> and then like he's just are you are you a devil and the demon's just like yeah Y yes yes <laughs> and then they just kind of like oops their way into a terrible pact <laughs> the one the one smart demon is yeah. just like well like if it's yes. orcus or demogorgon right. or whatever <laughs> and they're like are you lilith and demogorgon's like yeah yeah absolutely yeah me sure am i love the whatever she does <laughs> are you lilith lolf is like uh-huh yeah close enough <laughs> close enough let's sure get am. this done baby <laughs> So yeah, I like that as like a fool, Joe. <laughs> gotcha. Mm -hmm. 
this this binding though yeah not always particularly super effective even though it sure sounds like it should be well it's like restless right the demon is just constantly prodding for ways out of shit so yeah. when the thing breaks a real bad thing can happen <laughs> there their literal nature is like, find a way out of the abyss, go kill things. And then you bind it to something else. And it's like, find a way out of the thing, go kill yeah, things. Yeah. Hi, why? That's such a good idea. <laughs> Boy. I'm just going to bind this relentless killing machine to this one object yeah. I keep with me all the time. This thing that's really <laughs> good at getting out of the cosmos. <laughs> I'm going to stick it in a bracelet. I'm just going to do that. What could go wrong? Well, what can go wrong? You find wrong? your demon in a bracelet. Do you get splattered? A. Do you get splattered? Those are your two options. Uh, consider. Yes. Option C. Mm -hmm. uh, the demon breaks out of the bracelet and just possesses your body. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Particularly not. Yeah. Uh, so that is something that can happen, apparently. Yeah. You know, the risks you take when you bind a demon to a thing. Yeah. Uh, I, apparently it can just crawl out. Mm hmm. It doesn't say how much effort a demon has to put into it, but it sure implies it's not Yeah, much. <laughs> it sure does seem like it's zero effort. Zero effort later, a demon crawls out of this thing that you did an entire three side quests to make. Yeah. And you killed an entire village of innocent people for their blood to do. Yeah. Uh, it just crawls out, it possesses your body, and it can do a number of things. Yeah. If it feels like going on a killing spree, it can just use your body and go on a killing spree. If they're feeling sneaky, they can just pretend to be you for a bit and, you know, sabotage your whole life from the inside until it goes on a killing spree. Eventually, you can count on it just going on a killing spree. Yeah, most likely. Uh, whether It's just whether or not it starts with your friends. Yeah, absolutely. And basically, like, this just goes forever, more or less. Yeah, as... especially if it takes the time immediately after possessing you to destroy the object that you bound it to, mm. which then basically just kind of, I don't know if it necessarily traps it in your body, but it does remove any sort of time limit it would have in your body. Yeah, and even the way out does not feel all that comfortable. <laughs> the book tells us that even if the, the host is destroyed, or even if the demon is exercised from the host, there, there's a decent <laughs> chance that the demon can just drag that motherfucker to the abyss with them? Creating another demon. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, just don't ever bind a demon to anything. Pretty much, yeah. Odds are good. Yeah. No good. I don't really know who this is for, like, who this <laughs> warning is for, because, I don't know, don't bind a demon. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it literally says, like, it lasts until powerful magic yes. is used to drive the demon out of the host. And Ooh. even with powerful magic, the host is probably just dead in their souls in the abyss. Yeah, yeah. So, so, great. so, so PSA, <laughs> don't bind a demon. Mm -hmm. So let's talk demon lords. Yes. <laughs> Basically, how it do is certain, and again, this kind of implies that the abyss is powerful in its own way, mm -hmm. uh, and the abyss will sometimes just grant extra power to the demon lords uh, or to these demons and turn them into effectively gods. 
and there are like a shit ton of them. Like, mm-hmm. it, it basically like the end of the demon lord section is other demon lords, and it basically says you'll never know all of them because yeah. there are infinite layers to the abyss. Yes, but so there are like a big bunch. Yeah, there are, there is a pantheon. <laughs> The book is leaving it open for you to put in your own self-insert, Demon Lord. <laughs> uh, what the the thing that makes Demon Lords really cool to me is that they it's pretty blatantly just said that most of them were just like little shitty demons at one point, yeah. and they just they lived wrote, out the abyssal just dream. Lived the abyssal dream. The one in a fucking jillion mm-hmm. just made their way from mains, the shittiest little. Just imagine at one point like. Baphomet, just like this little shitty demon, yeah. and then eons later, he's one of the demon lords. Yeah. It's the rise to power story. Way to go, Bap. With Celestials, it's just like, I think at one point, this god was maybe a not a god, demon. but with demons, it's really blatant. It's yeah. like, yeah, this guy killed enough to just be a god. Yeah. And in a way, that's admirable, in a way. They basically work like Dark Lords in the Ravenloft kind of sense where each of the demon lords has their own little demiplane demean that they can do all sorts of things and shape to their will and it's very kind of standard D fair the regular demon rules apply to these guys as well if they die on another plane they reform if they die on the abyss they die but most of the demon lords have horcrux a bit of themselves away somewhere to keep themselves from dying yeah. that's real quick blow through the the big important guys Baphomet's the one that I think most people just know because it basically... Baphomet just kind of looks like people imagine Satan looks, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a Baphomet. It's a Baphomet. It's, it's, it's a Baphomet. Yeah, so. it's the one from the, the Bible. Yeah, so I guess in this uh, iteration, Baphomet's the Prince of Beasts. Yeah. Uh, rules over minotaurs and other savage creatures. Just kind of... I. It's weird to me that... I guess it's not that way. It's just weird that they've tied minotaurs to demons, demons? very specifically. It is interesting. I don't have enough context yet because I haven't read the minotaur I haven't minotaur read through bit. minotaur either yet. I don't know if... They, I I should have to see if they mentioned Baphomet at all. Well, but it does seem like jumping the gun to just be like, Baphomet rules minotaurs and now we're going to have to... Yeah, well, if you're, if you're <laughs> listening to this two years from now, feel free to jump ahead where we can tell you, yeah, it does, or no, it doesn't. ARG. Mm-hmm. Next one up is Demogorgon, which you know from Stranger Things. <laughs> does not look like that. Nope, does not look like that. Uh, Demogorgon is one of the the big heavy hitter ones, and it is like the big angry, like snake-like dude that uh, basically tries to destroy the universe. So he is the prince of demons. Yeah. Uh, and as we said before, he also had just his way with the earth and made chimeras. Yeah, yeah, he was just like <laughs> snaked up out of the abyss, was like, ah, oh, this is boring, chimeras. And And so for reference from back then, the reason he did that is because he too is a multi-headed kind of titan. Yeah, so yeah, there's some consistency there. Yup. It's interesting that Demogorgon is displayed as like a a duality god, like has the two heads, but the Chimera has three heads. It's almost like he was trying to like, let's, let's, let's up one. Let's go up one. (laughs) (laughs) I had never read the parts of Demogorgon. Mm. He has two baboon heads he has kind of the sinuous body of a snake. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of like a snake with baboon heads and tentacles with suckers yeah. on them. Yeah. That's quite a combination of things. It's interesting. I like most of these, des- or at least these descriptions of designs, because they are all in that very 
classical mythological fashion of just being and as you know these are probably all taken from various points of actual biblical mythology uh but it's interesting to see this classical take on thing. it's it's nice to go back to this classical take on monster design yeah. as just like weird bits of animals stick together absolutely it's kind of it's part of what makes demons design wise a little more interesting than devils because uh, yeah. you kind of get a little bit of like you hear devil you kind of know what you think what it's gonna look like you yeah. hear demon and you think you know what it's gonna look like and then it just turns out to be any number of things <laughs> yeah, ranging any from fuck, it could be anything <laughs> a balrog to just a really mad ape just a really mad ape and we'll talk about both of those things uh in the future uh what did we settle on gratched Grast? Oh my god, fuck. We, had, uh, we looked up the pronunciation on this like three episodes, three, four, five, six episodes ago, whenever we talked about uh, Cambians, and I can't remember what we settled on. So uh, Travis is going to Google something real quick yep, while I there's remain a, silent. There's just a picture on the results that had the pronunciation. <laughs> Pronounced Grats, as in congrats. Grats. Okay, <laughs> that's weird, but whatever. Uh, so we got Grats, which we talked about with Cambians. He's the sex demon. He's got <laughs> sexy hooves and a fine attitude. It literally, it tries to sell you real quick. Grats is a striking physical specimen. Aw, oh, dang. <laughs> that's a big wang. He's got like a nice, he's, he's the sex one. Six-fingered hands, yep. ladies. Aw, oh, dang. We, I feel like we made all these jokes with the Cambians. I know, but I... Uh, but yes, the he's the sex one. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, we get Jubilex, who I like quite a bit. Jubilex. Also the sex one, believe <laughs> Certain parts of the internet, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jubilex is the demon lord that is the lord of oozes and slimes. Uh, and I I like oozes quite a bit, personally. So uh, Jubilex is cool with me. He's basically just like a giant ooze himself. Uh, he's known as the faceless lord, which I like those two words combined together. Uh, especially with the word wretched in front of it. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's very solipsistic. He doesn't really care about having followers, and he just kind of wants to bubble up and eat stuff and eat stuff. And that's yeah, about it. He's real much. into eating stuff. Yeah, so can relate. Yeah, he's good. I like Jubilex. Uh, we got Lolth, which we all know from uh, the Lolth things, the ones with the the every guy. every drow ever the dude with the cat every drow who ever wore a spiderweb cape guy what with the swords yeah Dritz which I guess should have been the how to pronounce yeah. Gratz in, you know you're you know, right thinking about it now that I think of it, there is an <laughs> etymological link interesting interesting anyway. Uh, so Lolf is the demon queen of spiders. She is the patron saint, basically, of the dark elves. And she is way into plotting. She rules over the demon web, which is like, and a lot of this stuff isn't out of the book and is instead from my 12-year-old brain. Uh, she rules out of the demon web, which is basically like a gigantic spider's nest. Um, and she basically weaves these, the book tells us, she weaves these plots across the worlds of the material plane and is the closest to a subtle demon that we get. Uh, she basically looks like a hot dark elf, a hot drow, uh, and sometimes she transforms into a big spider, which is why all of the drow have that spider iconography stuff in their underdark caves. Yeah, and also, like, the reason that she's probably one of the only subtle demons is because she's not, she wasn't born a demon. 
she was an elf goddess that killed her way into becoming a demon lord. That's true. Which is one of, it's great. <laughs> it's great that that can happen. Yeah, this is one of the instances where the gods cursed a creature into being a demon, and look at him now. <laughs> Next up is Orcus, another one of my favorites. He's the demon prince of undeath. He's uh, basically like a, a undead god. He controls the skeletons and stuff. He uh, Demon lords don't really have theistic power in that way, but there are a lot of cults to Orcus that employ a lot of necromancers and whatnot. Yeah, I'd say Orcus is one of the few demon lords you could actually see, like, a cleric of Orcus, just because of the necromancy as aspect of him. Yeah, and he mostly is, he's, he's a chiller demon, he just kind of hangs back and summons up undead things. That's pretty much his whole bag, yeah. He's, he's like, I don't need to fight. I can summon a literal army in seconds. Yeah, he looks like how uh, Hades looked in the God of War series, like in God of War 3. That is exactly what I was thinking with God of War 3 Hades. And that's that's something that I've been thinking for years, but had never just, like, articulated it until this moment. Well, there it is. But there it is. It all clicks together. He looks like Hades from God of War 3. He also has a, a wand called the Wand of Orcus, which is a big important... There are artifacts stuff. You usually find it if you play D&D long enough. Yeah. Uh, it's like a mace that's also a wand. It makes undead the end. Yeah, it's cool looking. Like, you'll see it in a book where it's just like basically a mace that is made from a spine and has a skull on the top and it's just cool yeah it's just cool he's just, just a cool, cool boy he's yeah. a cool cool big boy next one up is yinagu which is the uh the demon lord of gnolls and i mentioned this in the past i kind of like of all of the murder savage creatures in DD, gnolls are my favorite because they are basically extensions of the abyss and they are they were created by this uh demon lord in order to further his will in the material plane yeah it does it does give some credence to them being the the murder savages and stuff so. yeah yeah yinagu is supposed to be like this similarly to jubilex it's kind of like a, a ceaseless hunger kind of creature it just constantly wants to eat things and do murders and that's how it is there's kind of a running theme with the demon lords which is why we're shotgunning them rather than spending two billion years on them, but we'll probably yeah. spend two billion years on them when we do Mordenkainen's whenever that happens. Yeah, so exactly. I was going to say, we're not spending two billion years because this is all that's on them in the book. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody else, the side cast of Demon Lords. Yeah, it's, other. There, again, there can be infinite of them. So there's a bunch of them that the book lists. My favorite is Zygdmoy. Yeah, Zygdmoy. Zygdmoy, who is uh, the the Lady of Fungi. Also um, my favorite, yes. She's in charge of the, I can't remember the, like, spore men, the mushroom guys. I can't remember what they're called. I totally could have told you a minute ago. Yeah. Now, nothing. The real answer Myconids. is... Myconids. Myconids, yes. The <laughs> only reason why I actually like them is because I've actually fought them in D&D, and so I like them because of familiarity. I'm not particularly attached to this Lady of Fungi. Yeah. But it's cool that it exists. I like the idea of a demon mushroom. I am attached to her because I think her design is rad, and I do like the idea of demon mushrooms. And I like the idea of the, the spores spreading the demonic corruption. Yeah. So, Well, check in in two years when yeah. we talk about myconids. And I'm, I'll, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know if I like them. Here, I'll, I'll just check out now, and I'll be back in a couple so, years. Cool, see you in 24 months. So there are 12 demons. Yeah. 12 demons in our future. I'd list them now, but I think it would be more fun to just, like, not list them. Yeah, well, 
again, I think it's just best to read these paragraphs of lore in yeah. the episodes they are for. Yeah, so <laughs> that will, I guess, technically do it for this episode where we talked about demon lore. Yeah, that was just generic demons and the lords, the little bit of lords. Yeah, the little bit of the lords, um, but mostly just keep hold on to that demon lore stuff because all of it applies to the next 12 episodes of Tooth and Nail uh, where we talk about all sorts of things. Um, cool. Yeah. That was, I, you know what? I had a lot of fun. Yeah, relatively painless, that. Uh, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Tooth and Nail. If you liked it, feel free to leave us a review on any of the things that you may be listening to. If you're tired of listening to Tooth and Nail, if you hate our faces and our voices, feel free to check out other things on nerdsmith.org, where great many, like an infinite, like the abyss itself, infinite <laughs> layers of things await you there. But be careful. They are not to be trusted. I don't like that I can see your eyes now when you say these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's the joy of recording in the same room. Things get a little, a lot weirder in here when I can see you. Yeah. Will you say <laughs> Put that? Put your tongue back in your mouth. No. <laughs> cool. Until next time, what is our creature comfort for this one? Uh, read a book. <sighs> read a book that's not the Book of Vile Darkness. Yeah, don't read that book. For the love of God. Yeah, don't read any of those books listed. Yeah. Do not go to the strange magic shop in the corner of Waterdeep. Do not purchase the Book of Vile Darkness. Do not spend seven months trying to summon Orcus, and do not become a warlock of the Abyss. Yeah, it's a very specific creature comfort, but I think... Don't do it. Noted. All right. Do it. <laughs>